The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Friends, we've made it to Thursday. Thursday. My goodness, what a great week it would be to have a four-day work week, wouldn't you think? Let's <laughs> we call just, it a day we after were just, today. We were just off for a week. You remember that, eh? I do remember that, and that's why I need a short week this work. <laughs> Barely this work remember week. it. Barely remember it. Yeah. Uh, your Edmonton Oilers are in action tonight, taking on the... Colorado Avalanche. Oh, it is February 1st. There you go. Uh, City Ford Faceoff Show gets underway at 5.30, so we'll turn it over to Reed and the guys uh, at that point right now though want to get to uh, a story that we saw this week in in the news and you know what it was some great news for an Edmonton based center that does some of the toughest work possible I honestly don't know how the folks at the zebra center do the work that they do every day but yeah the zebra child protection center which helps children who have suffered physical or sexual abuse is getting a cash boost from the provincial government to find out more we're joined in studio by dr. Marcy Gordeco and Becky Watson both from the zebra center ladies thanks for joining us Thank you. Thank you for having oh, us. Don't you're all saying very yeah, shy come on, right don't now? Be today. Today. <laughs> don't be shy. Perhaps we could uh, start. I think uh, the zebra center is a topic that we tackle on this show quite frequently, and usually Grant Fedora comes by and uh, talks about it as well. But perhaps for our listeners, you could explain what each of you uh, do. What's your roles at the zebra center? Sure. So the the Zebra Center itself is, um, as Jaylen kind of spoke to, um, we're a community of professionals who provide support for children and youth who are victims of abuse. Um, so that's right through the investigation, um, the prosecution and healing process. So I, I guess myself, I deal with the court end of things. So ensuring each child is prepared to go to court um, and our um, team of volunteers at the center accompany the child right on stand in court. Um, and so ensuring all that piece is in place, working with our partners in Crown Prosecution and things like that. And you've been with the Zebra Center for, what, six years now? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And, and Marcy? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm the newbie on the block <laughs> for the Zebra Center. Um, I'm almost at two months now. Um, and so what I was brought on board for, so the, the Alberta Health Grant um, was actually being administered through AHS, yeah. and um, it's for the hiring of uh, our trauma treatment service. So and the this men- is the money that was announced this week. This is the money, yeah, that was announced this week. And so um, it is um, for the hiring of staff to have on-site mental health services to yeah. help um, the kiddo- the kids that come through the Zebra Center um, help them cope with the trauma and the things that um, they've experienced. It's amazing to me when I look at the number of uh, children that you dealt with last year was well at what over 1600 children last year and it hurts my heart to think that there are 16 kids yeah, 1600 the, kids. I want to ask is that 1600 kids from the city of Edmonton or 1600 kids from surrounding areas? I mean either way the number is ridiculous but yep. where do all those kids come from? 
Um, primarily, the bulk of our files are within Edmonton. So in partnership with the Edmonton Police Service, um, we do have three on-site um, RCMP officers now. So we do um, forensic interviews and such with children from outside of Edmonton now as well. So um, I would say, I don't, I don't have the exact numbers on me, but I would say the bulk of our files are still from within Edmonton. But we are... Um, we are kind of a a hub for northern Alberta as well in terms of child advocacy centers. So, and it's okay. f- physical and sexual uh, abuse. How how do the kids get to you? Um, so they are referred um, to us for criminal investigation, essentially. So um, the public um, all have, you know, a legal obligation to report child abuse. Um, and so that is done either through a policing agency or um, through children's services. Um, and th- that is, I guess, where we get our referrals from. So every morning we sit down as a multidisciplinary team. So we have police, children's services. We're going to have our lovely mental health on site now. <laughs> yes. um, we yeah. have our... Our partners, um, medical partners at the CAP Center. Um, we sit down every morning, talk about all those referrals um, so that we're acknowledging all facets of a file. So whether or not it ends in criminal investigation per se, or if there's another agency who might um, be better um, suited to respond to that file. Okay, so I know as I mentioned earlier that we talk about the Zebra Center quite often, but I want to make sure for those who maybe haven't heard those conversations or for those who um, you know maybe need to be reminded, the whole idea behind the Zebra Center, and correct me when I misspeak, is to provide all the services that a child in need would need, named the Zebra Center, of course, because that's how zebras protect themselves. Mm-hmm. They encircle uh, their own uh, flock, or whatever you call a flock. I don't know what a gag- gaggle herd. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was always of the uh, impression that all services the child would need were self-contained. But this grant is to provide one last service. So previously, when a child needed psychiatric help, where did they go? How was it handled? Go. I, um, I, we do have community partners yes. that we um, that we have used. So organizations like um, SACE, so the Sexual Assault Center of Edmonton. So we have the mental health portion we did refer to. So we definitely made sure that we still responded to that aspect, but we did refer out. Yeah, and, and those referrals to the community um, will still occur. Um, we just, the importance of having mental health services on site at Zebra is just really that additional collaboration piece. Um, so having just the contact with the investigators, the contact with the court side, just to make it as seamless as possible um, and as easy as possible for the families. Um, just you know, we know that them repeatedly telling stories is one thing we hear from families all the time that's very difficult for them. Um, and so we want, as I've said before, we want the adults to do some of that work. We want the adults to communicate for them with each other so that they're not forced to relive that that stuff over and over again. And I would imagine as tragic as these stories are, and I, you know, I can imagine, I can only, well, I can't imagine, uh, family members need support as well. Absolutely. And that's a huge, I'm so glad that you brought that up. That's a, that's a huge, huge focus of our service. Um, we really need to support our families so they can support their children. We can't expect, um, you know, families, they're going through this too, right? If, you're, if your child experiences abuse, it's very hard on the parents, it's very hard on the caregivers. Um, so they need to support they need support in order to support their kids the best way they can. So break it down for us, this money that was uh, announced this week um, from the province, how exactly it will be used? Uh, so as I said, like primarily for um, staffing. So for myself, I'm the clinical lead of the That's program. Right. So I was brought on to do the program development. Um, so to 
design and kind of figure out exactly the services that we're going to provide as well as how we're going to integrate with um, with the Zebra Child Protection Centre. And I'm guessing there will be more staffing brought on board which is going to help streamline the system and get more kids into it faster? Uh, yeah, so we will be adding as part of this grant two more staff members, two mental health therapists. So yes, yeah, so the increase of services will increase access for families. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Is the Zebra Centre also a residence? Is, uh, is it any kind of a shelter? Um, no. So t- when children come to the centre, it is um, primarily for their for the investigation. So for that forensic interview um, with a policing agency, um, that is when the um, I guess our ourselves as the society or or the um, victim services side of things. That's when we're first introduced to the family, so that we're able to kind of start that continuum of support at that point. Um, the second time that the family is actually physically at the zebra centre as well um, is for the court prep. prep- process, which can be months, years um, down the line. In that interim is when we are staying in contact with that family. We're ensuring they're still engaged in the process so that come time of court, um, they are still engaged. They are still, you know, invested in that process and then we're able to meet their needs along the way. Because each each family, each child responds differently to trauma. So what they're going to need when in terms of a referral, maybe that mental health piece um, could be at any point along that that continuum so we want to keep um, make sure we're keeping in touch with the family so that we can help them access support Becky how long is that process though right now from the time that uh that uh, you get that case that comes across your desk that morning meeting and go okay no we're going to take uh, this on to the time that we have uh, a child in a courtroom testifying against um, his or her alleged uh, abuser how long is that um and again too long it varies absolutely um the fact that a year two years later um even three four at times um that's too that's too long that's too long yeah. Outside of your control, though, of course. I mean, absolutely. And and by all means, the Crown prosecutors are working on it in that time. It's it's certainly being looked at. It's just unfortunate that the child does have to revisit it. But what? how does that change um, preparing for that that trial then in, the, in those four years? I mean, if a child um, goes in there maybe at, at six years of age and then is on the stand at 10 years of age, there's, there's a lot of change there. Absolutely, yeah. And I think really that's one of the strengths of the Zebra Child Protection Centre and the Child Advocacy Centre model is that we are sort of recognizing some of the things we maybe don't like the most about <laughs> the way our systems are, mm. um, but putting supports in place for families in order to kind of combat that a little bit. So, um, as Becky said, the families are contacted often. We're made sure uh, they're made sure that they have the supports that we can provide for them during that long process, so that it doesn't feel like, oh, we've come in two years ago um, for this one event, and now we've had nothing, mm-hmm. and now we have to go back and do it all again. We really want to wrap around the families and provide them with supports the whole time, so that they don't feel like they're left out on their yeah. own. Uh, out of curiosity, once the legal process is complete, is there follow-up then with? the children or the families, or are you done with them once that's come to fruition? Um, I think 
the way that we're again it's still in, in the process of development um, but we know that things can come up for children's and children and families um, court can be a big trigger um, just because you know they have been kind of bumping along really well in their lives and things have been going well and then to have to face some of that stuff again can be very nerve-wracking um, so of course if if families need a couple of booster sessions or re-engagement from the mental health side that's something we're absolutely willing to provide always fascinated and I know they're not uh, here today Fletcher Fletcher was busy today and Fozzie just retired and and Ren tied up uh, and busy today as well but uh, I know in the past few years we've you've had the therapy dogs uh, come on at uh, Zebra Center to some great success absolutely tell me about it you're you're there and I'm guessing that you've you've witnessed it firsthand uh, during some of the court process absolutely um that's when when I've had the opportunity to witness some of those interactions yeah. and I would say that it that is one of the the most powerful interactions um, that I do get to kind of witness with the dogs and the children and that's because again we're asking them to do a big thing in court mm-hmm. um, the children that is um, and having to tell their story or at the very least watching their forensic interview again and having to answer those questions again knowing that the accused might be in the same room as them at that time that is that's a big thing um, for for a child so um, you know at times um, children they get to take breaks they that's part of the court preparation mm-hmm. knowing that they're allowed to put their hand up and ask for a break and that kind of thing and some of it's some of the interactions just on the other side we can't our volunteers cannot speak with the child during testimony so obviously um, there can be no conversation Mm -hmm. and that's when those dogs are so important that physical comfort that we cannot provide um, just that you know that unwavering support um, that has to um, that has to be done without Mm -hmm. words Um, that's something they can provide that the rest of us simply cannot so um, some of those interactions have been just just something to witness, absolutely. You know, I can't. Yeah. So I was told I can't even talk about the one that I was told about because I'll start to cry. Yeah. It's oh like, my. oh, but it was beautiful. Yeah. You know. And not uh, perhaps an important question, but just I'm really curious. The center itself, is it completely kid friendly? I mean, what does it look like when you walk mm-hmm. in? That it it is. We try. We say that it's a child focused environment, child friendly environment. So you walk in. Um, there is bright colors on the wall. Um, there it was is just all repainted in the last yeah, couple of years. Yeah. Yes, it's lovely. We have floor to ceiling windows now, which is very nice. That <laughs> natural light. Um, and you enter into all of our child friendly spaces. Um, things are at the eye level of the child. So there's paintings that are lower down. So it might not be your mm-hmm. eye level, but um, a little one walking down the hallway is going to be able to enjoy that art on the wall. Um, In the rooms, um, there's just enough things that can keep them occupied without making them too distracted. Mm -hmm. Um, And in terms of the forensic interview rooms, um, that's something um, that is very important about child advocacy centers. So ensuring that that child, you know, isn't going to the same interview room that the suspect is, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, So there are, you know, soft um, chairs in that room. There are just a couple pictures on the wall, just enough for them to know that 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 space is there for them, um, for the children um, and things like that. You walk around, there's murals on the walls. Um, am I leaving anything out, Marcy? Yeah, I think just really having an environment that... Feels safe? Yeah, and, and sort of exudes that comfort. Like, mm-hmm. we want to... We want our environment to match the stance of the people that are there, right? And, um, yeah, provide that comfort and that safe feeling. Marcy, how do you start that interview? 
that 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 uh, that first interview when you're sitting down to talk with one of the kids. So I don't actually do the forensic interview mm-hmm. piece. Um, but how would you? And not you, but the, you know the people that do. I mean, you, do you have an idea how they do it? No. Okay. I, <laughs> Sorry, I putting really you on the spot. Important, yeah, no, that's yeah. okay. A really important aspect of working with any child, um, especially when they've experienced something difficult, is that relationship building. Yeah. So taking the time at the beginning to, you know find a common interest or have a little joke if that's something mm-hmm. that's possible just letting the child know that um, you know we're human and we care um, and we want to make this process as e- easy as it possibly mm-hmm. can be for them um, can be really helpful both that's, that's got to be so tough because they've already been let down by an adult yeah. and they've already in had many cases broken. an adult they trusted right yeah. yeah yeah and absolutely and that additionally speaks to what I was saying earlier about the need for adults to do that kind of communication piece so that it's not like, oh, I already told this this person my story. Now I have to do it again, right? right? Again. That, that kind of feeling. Just, uh, we have to take a break here. Well, actually, we should take the break. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I, I want to put you on the spot as well. So <laughs> <laughs> let's take a break. Break here. We'll continue with Dr. Marcy Gordeco and Becky Watson from the Zebra Center right after this. Chad Afternoon News. Uh, we're thrilled to have Dr. Marcy Gordeco and uh, Becky Watson from the Zebra Child Protection uh, Center joining us in studio today. Now the province, um, a bit of a cash boost for the Zebra Center this week, which is going to allow for um, to hire a new psychologist, uh, <laughs> which will lead a new trauma service, which is going to just be another you know cog in that very important wheel at the Zebra Center. Now we were talking off, we had a few questions here. And I had said I wanted to put you on the spot. So by put you on the spot. (laughs) Oh, good. Generally, I I like to deal in uh, numbers quite a bit. So I thought perhaps two numbers that you might be able to tell me, uh, one probably easier than the other. What percentage of the accusers um, is the accused actually related to them? And the other I wondered, from time of initial contact to uh, successful conviction, how many do you lose along the way? How many stop the process? Um, so in, in terms of your first question, so how many children know their offender? Um, I, I don't have a stat in relation to how many are related, but in terms of known to the child, 90% um, of our cases, the child knows the offender. So it is someone within their circle. Um, so that is potentially related, yes. Um, and so um, stranger danger does exist. However, we do like to remember the importance of... Um, of that ongoing, I can, I'll let Marcy speak to that part, <laughs> but um, just that, that this is happening within the circle as well. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Um, so but what Becky was getting at is just, we want parents, we want everyone to have kind of open, ongoing conversations with children and youth just about, um, you know, how to keep themselves safe, um, what things like appropriate touch are and inappropriate touch, and especially what they can do um, if they're worried about something. Mm-hmm. So who they can talk to, you know, parents can speak to their children about, you know, you can always come to me um, with any questions or any worries that you have. Teachers and stuff are another really great front line for that. I- I'm afraid that at some point, though, um, if 
an abused child goes to someone that they're not going to be believed. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, if 90% of the time it's someone possibly in the family, someone that they they know, that that can uh, throw a whole other wrinkle into the situation when it comes to telling a family member. Is that fair? Excuse me. Yeah, it's a very, very brave thing for Mm -hmm. for a child to do to come forward. Um, And I think that's why we need to work very hard and why child advocacy, advocacy, excuse me, you centers. should be able to nail that word. I know, you'd think by now, right? <laughs> um, why these centers are so important in terms of educating the public and providing support to all of our partners mm-hmm. in the community so that when a child comes forward, um, we know how, how to handle it as best we can. How and my you- other question, uh, from time of initial contact to oh, yes. uh, conviction, do you have a high rate of fallout or a high rate of success? Um, with the Child Advocacy Centre model, um, part of of that engagement is seeing the family through. So um, before Zebra existed within Edmonton, um, conviction rates themselves were under 20% at the time. Um, you know, over the course of the years, we're sitting at uh, above 60% now. So um, part of that is that engagement throughout the process. So people move around, people change phone numbers, things like that. Um, because we are connecting with families on an ongoing basis and things like that, they're more likely to give us a call and tell us when their, their phone number has changed or let us know that their address has changed or they're out of province but we can make the arrangements for them hmm. to come back in within that time Good stuff. we're almost out of time here but i'm curious to know how, how do you two handle what you what you see and hear and deal with every day do you want me to go first? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, I think to do this kind of work, you have to be very aware. Um, and and there's going to be really, really difficult ones. But I think having a good group of colleagues to work with to support each other um, is definitely um, very important. Um, and also self-care, taking time yeah. for yourself um, when you know you've had a rough day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ditto. Yeah, right? yeah, exact same thing. So We're good. very lucky, the the co-workers that we have, I guess, and that peer support yeah. within the office. And I guess the success stories at the end will, will keep you going, Absolutely. too, and seeing how resilient some of these children are. Yeah. Tough job, but you're doing Man. good work, though, right? <laughs> Thank you. You know what? There's yeah. uh, lots of fundraisers um, as well. I mean, uh, we have the the Run Wild race. I know our, our pal mm. Grant Fedorik yep. over at uh, <laughs> Leading Edge Physiotherapy is always involved with that. That's Sunday, May 6th. On March 24th? 10th. 10th. March Sorry. 10th. March 10th. March 10th is the Diamond Disco. Is the Diamond Disco, which always sounds tons of fun. And I think actually former MLA uh, and Deputy Premier Thomas Lukasik said he's going to pull out his... Uh, leopard bell-bottom pants and and his dancing shoes and his dancing shoes so that might be worth going just right there as well it's amazing uh marcy and becky thank you for joining us and thank you for the great work that you're doing with the with with these children thank you so much thank you thank Thank you you. very much the 630 chad afternoon news with jaylen nye and andrew gross weekdays at two on 630 chad